0: Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. As usual, we love seeing you all live, so if you want to watch us live, head over to Facebook or YouTube, our Facebook page or YouTube channel and uh, interact with us live. We love the, the the back and forth and we learn a l- little bit of something every time. And if you can't catch us live, that's okay too, because you'll find us on any podcast app or uh, in the replays. So love seeing you there, love the interaction, love seeing you as always. So let's say you know me, my name is John Ruark, I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge, number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. And over for his introduction, Robert Johnson, hello.
1: Well, hello there, Uh, Robert Johnson, past master of Waukegan 78, current sitting secretary over at Space Novum 1183, the premier education lodge in the state of Illinois, and uh, the producer of the Whence Came You podcast.
0: Thanks so much, John. No, no. Thank you. Also, next up for his introduction, Joe Martinez. There he is. Wait, where are you? Hello.
2: I am the uh in the car at the moment um we are doing a bit of uh what may call travel and uh, uh is about an hour to go see cool dude um hey, I'm joe martinez uh current master of Manassa lodge number 182 member of ninety five thousand other lodges and yeah there's my name you can't see my face but uh i should be on video in about 20 minutes so thanks
0: Awesome. Yes, and you're in that that spotty part of uh, Virginia where there's not much cell service. So,
1: <laughs>
0: but Joe Joe wanted to uh, to hop on regardless. Having a good time doing what a worshipful master does, traveling around, uh, going to uh, I think it was an EA degree tonight. So um, this guy never sleeps, and uh, masonry is better for him. So thank you, Joe. All right. So before we get into tonight's show topic, I also want to give a special shout out to all the patrons who support the show. You guys are awesome, you guys keep the show going, you keep us going, and uh, we do appreciate that. So if you want to um, help support the show, head over to patreon.com slash The Masonic Roundtable and uh, you know, enjoy all the goodies that come with that. And uh, that, again, that pays for hosting costs, that pays for Joe's bandwidth while he's traveling in the car, and it's all sorts of other other goodies that come with that.
2: Yes. yes, to pay for all my visits in the minivan to all the lodges in Virginia.
0: Look at that
2: minivan! That's how we roll.
0: You pay for the interior I mean, lighting. That's what we need.
1: It's gotten so bad that even Grand Lodge uh, has increased the per ca- the mileage right by a whole five cents per mile what? over the years. So you know, Whoa. you know it's bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah. Super super huge thanks of course to to all the people like uh uh John was mentioning we can't do it with the audio all cuz this is uh, no small effort. So, thank you.
0: I don't know. All right. So, tonight's show topic is one that's uh we've alluded to a little bit in other other episodes uh, the least of which is uh when we had Petey Newman on the show talking about DMT and its relationship to Freemasonry, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the, the pineal gland and what it has to do with the mystery schools. What it has to do with Freemasonry, um, and what its function usage and symbolism and mythology, uh, include. So, um, basically let's, let's start with the biological function. So, um, RJ, what is a pineal gland? While well, I go bring up a, a picture here. I mean, yeah. Basically- so the yeah
1: the, the pineal gland is based on the center of your brain, at the, just a, a, above the uh, spinal cord, right where spinal cord goes into the brain. Uh, two halves of the brain in circle. Uh, This little teeny bean, uh, which is uh, the pineal gland, Uh, it gets its name from the pine cone because it looks like a pine cone. It's very small. Uh, Modern-day science attributes to, I'll say modern-day, and I want that to be synonymous with the quote-unquote mainstream science. Uh, We'll attribute the the, uh, pineal gland to the production of uh, hormones that regulate sleep patterns Uh, notably melatonin, which is a derivative of serotonin. Uh, And so throughout the day, your body secrete, so you you produce serotonin as you sleep uh, and just with normal body chemistry, the things you eat turn into the chemicals that you have. uh, And then as your brain... uh, your body turns those nutrients into chemicals and and, and the ingredients it needs to secrete certain chemistry to allow your brain to function and control the rest of your body. So one of those things is, of course, the pineal gland. And uh, it it certainly throughout your entire day, your body uh, reabsorbs the, the, uh, the serotonin, Okay. And as it re is some people, it reabsorbs too fast. That's why people are on like mood stabilizers or things like uh, Zoloft or your different uh, b- brain meds, right? Uh, SSIs. And then there, of course, there's the. Uh, Almost all all parts of your body, it, there's always a give and take. So, like just like with muscular function, it's potassium and sodium, uh, and with certain other things like sleep, right? It's serotonin and melatonin and things that regulate your circadian rhythm. So that's what mainstream science really says that your 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 yeah. uh, pineal gland is there for. Uh, it's very small, right? Perfect. And uh, I didn't I don't want to get into uh, the the woo yet. But
0: that's, that's scientifically what we say it's used for today. Mm -hmm. So like just on its surface value, right? The, the exoteric, uh, usage of the pineal gland is actually pretty important. I mean, for maintaining, you know, hormonal regular regulation of the body. Right. So when it's in development, right, when you are, um, growing into adulthood, right, it actually hardens and calcifies and that's, um, so it is a little bit softer. As a, as a youth because it's doing lots of things, right? It's, it is um, like your pituitary gland, it does regulate growth, it does regulate um, like hormones for uh, sexual reproduction, like uh, ovary growth and stuff like that. And as RJ says, right, it's really important for regulation of sleep. So I think that's fascinating in itself, right? Because we're taught as masons to right, make sure we regulate the hours of the day that we work uh, the hours that we refresh ourselves and sleep and you know, we actually have a, a, um, a little tiny little tiny secret gland that helps us uh, regulate those hormones
1: it, what's funny is you mentioned uh, calcification which we can get into later on in a, in a whole uh, topic of um, what you might call conspiracy theories about the uh, the man trying to regulate uh, man's ability to escape reality by calcifying the pineal gland through various means of uh, electronic thermometers, body scanners, and of course, uh, fluoride in your water. Uh, What's funny, though, is uh, the pineal gland has actually been, uh, you know, dissected and and all these things throughout history. um, And even in uh, the oldest of times, in the 1600s, even they notice calcification of the pineal gland, uh, called "quote unquote" brain sand.
0: Pretty neat. Yeah, I'd not heard that before. Brain sand—that's
2: fascinating. Uh, so. That's what my kids have when they uh, <laughs> when they take a test right before.
0: I got all this brain sand. I can't can't get it out. The Problems. The answers won't come out. Uh, so you know, it's also fascinating too that it, um, as a part of the endocrine system, right? That it it regulates not just melatonin for when you need to go to sleep, which is you know interesting enough of kind of that that trigger that tells your body, okay, it's time to go to sleep now. So it, it you know it's not just a a diurnal function, right? Something that happens a couple times a day, um, but also actually adjusts for the seasons as well. So the seasonal change of you know, uh, the light, you know, the daylight being longer, therefore you adjust your sleep pattern accordingly, which is also fascinating, because that's this is all based on the science of I don't know if you've ever read all about these sleep studies and everything and all of the uh, the sleep science will say, turn off electronics before bed, right, turn off at least a half an hour before you go to bed turn off the tv put down the phone you know don't change it to the yellow filter on your phone just put the phone down uh, unless you're watching tmr in which science says that's okay keep keep going but or TikTok uh, or or tick tmr's uh, tick tock channel for sure right uh, but you know the whole science behind that is fascinating because you know of where it is located in the brain it's like right behind the eyeballs and it has those photoreceptors in there that's actually, you know, receiving light, and so the the blue light coming from your phone is basically lying to your brain. It's like, hey, it's still daylight outside. You need to you need to stay awake even though you know your your body's tired, but it, it's actually messing with the melatonin secretion. So, um, if you really want to take care of your uh, pineal gland. Put down the phone half an hour before bedtime your usual bedtime so i mean again i find it i find it just uh from a biological perspective right we're not even going to get into the symbolism yet but from a biological perspective it, it's really an important but yet still like you said scientifically unknown what it's what its real function is
1: yeah i think what's interesting is the some of the things that we have created to uh, better regulate sleep today are really uh fascinating for instance um you know i some people buy like their glasses or they'll buy glasses for their kids with that blue tint right blue shade glasses because it it blocks certain shades of um uh, electronic light that can actually overstimulate your eyes in the evening, which creates uh, perhaps an inability for your pineal gland to function properly and release the melatonin it needs to kind of get you sleepy. Uh, But something else that's interesting is like those glasses. I, I mean, I don't, I would never talk down to anybody who bought them for their kids or the, for themselves, but really they're kind of going the way of the Dodo, right? Like there's no real reason to buy those glasses anymore because technology has actually come up, right? Where things like Droid, Android phones and iPhones and computers all have certain things like night shift where it slowly shifts the uh, blue out and starts bringing more tungsten or yellow lighting in through the LED display. so as not to... Uh, you know, disturb your uh, body's natural ability to regulate its chemicals based on something as simple as light consumption through the eyeballs.
0: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Joe. You, you have you done any uh, research on the biological part?
2: Uh, no, I haven't, and I would say that I, I am probably the prime candidate for people who don't. Put their phone away before they go to bed or shift to you know better yeah. light frequencies because uh, I'm staring at stuff until like two in the morning. So, don't, with the, with don't the TV on. To my advice.
0: With the TV on.
2: <laughs> with the TV on, yes. I have brethren in the car that are uh, commenting.
0: Wow, we've we got, got Joe and his entourage. Love it. Yeah, of course, right. We can we can say one thing, we can say what the science says. Do we follow it? Meh. Sometimes you do.
1: I mean, if you want to, there's certainly some very interesting things that you could look at with the pineal gland in terms of historical medical observation. Uh, There's a really great article that came out from uh, Plato Stanford, uh, Stanford Encyclopedia on Philosophy, where they have a whole article on arguably one of the most popular people who have come out to talk about the pineal gland in the world of philosophy is Descartes. Uh, So in it, uh, they've got this Descartes and the pineal gland. And um, it's first, this was first published back in, uh, it looks like April 25th of 2005. uh, And then it had a revision in 2013. So, relatively modern science, as opposed to what they're actually talking about, which is really, really awesome. They have a whole article on pre-Cartesian views of the pineal gland, but what I find really fascinating are some of the medieval drawings uh, that exist of the pineal gland. Uh, in you know they, so if you look online and you say and you search up like you know the woo or hocus pocus with the pineal gland and you'll get people all day citing that nobody has actually um explored the pineal gland in any sort of medical way prior to the 17th century so the late 1600s which coincidentally is when Descartes was uh you know doing a lot of his work and he had a posthumously published book uh, you know like 16 something uh great illustration 1664 Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a great. This is from the treatise of man, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, it looks like you know everything that you see, the realities and everything, goes through the eyeballs, processes, and then basically attaches itself uh, through the seat of the soul, uh, which is where a lot of times people go. Oh, the pineal gland is like this thing that connects man to soul the or window soul to, to man. To the man, soul. Man to yes. And so basically everything you see in the reality processes through the pineal gland. So it's just like the reality processor, right? This is kind of what Descartes did. He, he really did three things with this and in two of them, I think he was kind of wrong, but what's fascinating is something like this. Let me share this uh, screen with you really quick. You're going to think this is neat. Uh, let's see, toggle screen sharing, share, boom. You guys see this? Not yet. But it's totally cool, I promise. All right. Well, (laughs) it is totally cool. Uh, Anyway, wait. Oh, maybe I have to do this. That's why. Try it again. You guys see me? And see me? Okay. How about that? Negative. Okay. Anyway, what you would be looking at (laughs) (laughs) is uh, how do I turn screen share off now? I don't know how to do this. Cancel still look good though. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, So anyway, uh, this, there's a medieval map actually that was published in the 1300s that shows a worm that guards the entrance of the posterior ventricle, which they uh, assume is a medieval representation of the discovery of a pineal gland. I mean, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah
0: right i mean of course people were doing anatomy you know a long time ago not knowing all the pieces of that um i also think it's it's interesting too that i mean it's even just been since the turn of this century that there have been more studies on the scientific application of what this pineal gland does um beyond you know the the melatonin um, and serotonin adjustments because it was long thought through history that the um The pineal gland was actually like this uh vestigial leftover part of an organ right kind of like your appendix right the appendix of the brain it's there don't really know what its function is it's just kind of sticking out a place it's kind of buried in in there and so it was it was really strange from a historical aspect that for you know millennia people really didn't didn't even know what it did even if they could find it through uh through autopsies and the like right joe I can actually see you now.
2: Yes. Well, yes, I'm pulling up to the lodge. So you guys keep talking about the boring biology crap, and uh, I'm going to log in in a minute, and we'll talk about the cool esoteric stuff.
0: Joe's going to blow our mind. Good. All right. Looking forward to it.
1: Mm -hmm. So one of the things that uh, was interesting when you you were starting to talk about this idea of uh, some of the things that we're starting to think about today as like almost extracurricular uh, activities or supposed activities that the pineal gland uh, may function with. Uh, A lot of the research that we're looking at today, whether that is the fascination with uh, dimethyltryptamine, right, or the the spirit molecule, whether this is, of course, the you know people associated because of blavatsky and the theosophical society's movement in the early 20th century the pineal gland as the third eye um and of course the works of uh mark booth or uh as he's better known uh what's his name jonathan Jonathan black
0: Black. yep Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so he wrote a book called the secret history of the world um and in it right um no citations, no nothing. I mean, it's just kind of a, a stream of consciousness, and it it's really rad and a great, a great book. A modern masterpiece really,
0: hall. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a really good book. I, I recommend totally go buy it. Right, but yeah. um, there there's probably more like it has an index, which is nice. But you know, there's probably no other entry in the entire book that has more mention of the pineal gland aside from Isis and Paracelsus or Paracelsus. Those two alone have the same amount of of, uh, mentions of the pineal gland. So it's actually a pretty big part of the book because essentially throughout this text it is often claiming right that the pineal gland is something more, something magical. Um, And of course this sort of new age thought about this particular gland has people who still today believe that it is somehow the seed of the soul in man, and that it has other attributes, whether those are actually releasing dimethyltryptamine in any kind of meaningful or quantifiable way, uh, amounts, I should say. Um, But this fascination has moved into the realm of out of pseudoscience and into the realm of quote unquote mainstream science. Right.
0: Right. So let's, let's talk about DMT for a little bit, but while, while Joe comes in and and goes on mystery school on us. Uh, So again, we've talked about what is known from modern science on, um, you know, the hormones that, that it produces. However, it's been speculated for you could argue millennia, that it does also relate to um, um production in the human body. Um, so when you go look at like the research that um, uh, P.D. Newman has done on uh, DMT as a, a um, hallucinogenic substance, but also one that um, is primarily uh, used more in a religious context rather than um, a a social context, right? It is something that you you don't you don't do for fun. You do for uh, a, a life altering experience. And um, while DMT is naturally produced in the body, um, it really hasn't been proven yet to actually be excreted from the pineal gland. We we would hope that because of where it's lit, located, right in the, the center of the brain, right third eye opening, all that kind of cool stuff. Um, but when they've done you know these these uh, trials of like doing a uh, pinealectomy, right, where they're actually removing the pineal gland, then uh, they still see DMT pr- uh, production pretty much, or, or even some of the other hormonal productions remaining about the same. Um, so it's again you can't you can't trace it specifically to that. Hey, Joe.
2: What the devil did I walk in on?
0: We are we're tripping on DMT right now.
1: We're tripping on DMT. Yeah. So one of the one of the cool things that they actually did, you know, scientifically with the brain chemistry when they when they like actually removed pineal glands um, and then uh, like they used it on uh, they they took pineal glands from cows and they they used it on frogs and it like lightened their skin. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and what's really wild is, um, there's, there's kind of this, it's like when you close the light, or when you turn off the light, right? And then the, the darkness envelops you, right? And then, of course, your, your, uh, your, your pupils dilate and expand to receive more light. And, uh, from everything there, there's been scientific, uh, like experiments that looked at some kind of correlation between reception, light reception and whatnot with the pineal gland through electrical conductivity that basically said it matches your eyes. Like, and which is not really that surprising considering, um, it it is, uh, they're they're located i guess you know right where that connectivity would be in the brain right uh and it's pretty fascinating with with all of the uh the things that it kind of ties into most notably i think what's interesting is the idea that it is the seat of some sort of consciousness
0: right so the only like deep research into um DMT and the pineal gland it really boils down to any research comes down to, um, uh, Dr. Rick Strassman, who did a lot of work on a book called DMT, the spirit molecule. And there's a whole documentary on it on, uh, Netflix and others. Um, and he did a lot of these, these trials, but he was pretty much the only one to really try to research this. And he was again, trying to find some proof of, of that link between the DMT and the pineal gland. Um, again, with, with really not so stellar results, um, I think I think it was after his book was published. He they actually found uh, DMT produced in lab rats' brains, lab rats' pineal glands, but not not humans yet, right? So we're we kind of chasing that uh, that goal there. So you know, you're seeing some evidence, but it's still not at, at the human level yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I would also just add that when we have seen the the DMT right the dimethyltryptamine in human pineal glands that they've said is has been there and you know parts per million that it's not enough to actually a, a sy- psychoactively affect the human brain on any kind of level with the exception of what they consider to be what we have talked about in previous episodes things like birth dreaming and NDEs or near death experiences and the people out there who missed that episode, you got to go back and watch it because there was a lot of uh, hoopla about basically saying, well, NDEs and the, um, the uh, flooding of DMT throughout the brain at the, the moment of death to create these NDEs or near-death experiences is actually just a shutdown of your brain. But the science now right. shows that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, your brain is doing something else because your brain is dead. This is consciousness stuff happening. So uh, pretty interesting. Pretty, Yeah, pretty spooky.
0: All right, Joe. So while us with some other fun, fun facts, Not can't hear you yet, Joe. Test those AirPods.
2: Hello. Yes. Hello. AirPods. AirPods Pro for the professional podcaster. <laughs> yes. I'm just rambling. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a long drive. So happy to be back sitting down somewhere. Um and, uh, yeah, the pineal gland. Um, I mean, you guys covered um, – Right, the biological side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, the, which, which I think the biggest takeaway is, and we have to be clear on this, is that nobody absolutely to this day with all our modern science knows exactly what this gland does and what its exact function is um, for human development. Right. Um and I, rj touched on them. Um, we definitely know it includes things like melatonin. You know, it's uh melatonin a favorite in the Martinez household. Um we give lots of it to our children, um and they go sleepy time. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. What what I mean, what did our parents do before melatonin came in little dissolvable capsules? You, you didn't have a
0: spoonful of brandy like I did?
2: No. Oh, I got yelled at and got told to go <laughs> to bed.
1: Yeah. I stared at the ceiling for hours. Got a taste of the belt.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go lock the door so I don't get assaulted in the middle of the night. Excuse me. <laughs> like a peanut.
0: Yes. Right. So, um, so again, we've covered, you know, biological, hormonal production. We've, we've covered a little bit of DMT. So now I guess the real question becomes, like, the linkage between the pineal gland and all these other Mythologies behind its function from a spiritual realm, uh, from you know the other mystery schools that use pine cones and other symbolism to uh, expand the horizons, expand the mind. Which I know Joe is just ready, just chopping at the bit to go down that that route.
2: I mean, I've got a couple of nuggets. I mean, you just said something that that um, struck me interestingly um, as a place where you would not normally think you find cool mystical things, but in fact, there are. Um, I remember when we went to Rome in 2018, we went to this little place in Italy, tiny little country in and of itself called Vatican City. And they have probably the largest pine cone I have ever seen in my entire life, just in the middle of the courtyard, huge pine cone, just sitting there in stone. Um, yeah. So it makes you wonder um, you know, what they know. Maybe Dan Brown was right. And maybe they have things and stuff in there. That we should be getting access to, you know. I think we need another Tom Hanks movie yes, um, to flesh that out a bit more. But yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of what I've read on the pineal gland. Um, obviously, you know, big, big, big shout out to PD Newman uh, and his work with DMT. Uh, he definitely touches on it quite a bit. Um, I mean, most of the things that I've read over the years definitely come from. And we will see him next week in person at Esoterica. We're not plugging it because it's oh, sold out. So I'm so excited. That's why we haven't talked. I know. I'm so excited, too. People are still buying online tickets. So, um, I mean, maybe we'll throw a little plug out at the end of the show for it. Um, nothing to do with TMR. But, um, you know, it's just serendipitous that we're, we're involved as well. But uh, anyway, back to the pineal gland. Um, you know who's written a lot on it is uh, is my go-to favorite, old brother Manly P. Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got an entire book on it called The Pineal Gland and the Eye of God. Uh, you can catch it on Audible, it's on Kindle, or you can buy it from the Philosophical Research Society. It's actually a fantastic book. We, we do not have time to cover all of it today. But um, he references it in four different chapters in The Secret Teachings of All Ages, in four different places where he's talking about mysticism, four different sections. They're not all combined. Uh, he talks about the pineal gland in in different um, using different symbols and different symbolisms. Uh, one of my favorites... Um, and I'm actually going to read it, is uh, when he's talking about the sephiro and the pineal gland. Um, So humor me for a second, I'm going to read a tiny little blurb here, Uh, but he writes in the Secret Teachings, uh, the sephirothic tree is sometimes depicted as a human body, thus more definitely establishing the true identity of the first or heavenly man, or Adam Kadmon, Um, the idea of the universe, he calls it. The ten divine globes, or sephiroth, are then considered as analogous to the ten sacred members and organs according to the following arrangement kether who john has talked about a lot john loves the sephiroth um, is the crown of the prototypic head and perhaps refers to the pineal gland and Hochma and bina are the right and left hemispheres respectively of the great brain so manly p hall puts the pineal gland in Kether. john ruark
0: go yeah i mean that's fascinating so um what where my mind goes right away is that you know keter being the ultimate attainment the closest to god as possible which again if if the pineal gland rightly or wrongly is, is linked to this um dmt like experience this this uh, awakening uh being close to a creator uh, an intelligent creator outside then yeah, it's it's wake it's awakening that it's it's that ultimate attainment. You can't go you can't go any further past um, that that alignment. And um, I'm also thinking back to you know the the seven chakras, right? And that that also aligning to Keter, aligning to the highest um, opening of the of the topmost chakra. So
1: unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. I think Manly P. Hall is wrong. <gasps> dun, uh, dun dun dun. Ah! Yeah, so, here's, so I think
0: you're breaking think up, RJ. Guys, Sorry, we're losing you. You
1: might, you might, you guys might uh, feel this is also uh, just an interesting correlation, right? So, if you look at the uh, oh wait, hold on, let me let me do the fraud row. Shocking correlations. Shocking. That's literally.
2: what they
1: <laughs> haven't heard. I, that I, I, still, I, I still, oh my God, it was my favorite thing that we used to say. He used to say it was his, uh, it was his thing. I wanted the hat. Uh, So anyway, um, between those two, between uh, those two particular sephirot is, uh, so Banah and then Hokmah, right, is the shin. And so if like Keter is God, then the pineal gland is like the, it could either be like considered just before god because it's not quite there right it's a right. conduit right. Mm-hmm. so in that aspect maybe it's just because we're here on the account Maca- on the or, Kut, or odds, or right? maybe mm-hmm. maybe yeah mm-hmm. i think it's got to be somewhere in the transmission in the mm-hmm. in the ability to i mean if, if we t- if we say that the pineal gland is as many people might propose it to be a third eye or in kind of new age thinking or even masonic thinking that if solomon's temple is the body of man and that the holy of holies is the skull and the pineal gland is the ark of the covenant which is the seat of god while on earth and what do you do with in front of the in front of the ark right as you pray you so like the prayer is actually your ability to pray and push forth uh or or even affirmation and put forth uh direct messaging to the god through your own your own ark your own like the arc is supposed to be the box by which through you know you you biologically and you you functionally can speak to god in in the archetype anyway
2: well yeah let's pull that thread for a little bit so and it's funny because i literally just watched raiders of the lost ark the other night at 2 a.m when i was supposed to be sleeping you know but i couldn't because my melatonin levels were off so i stayed up and watched it it's raiders of the lost ark man you have to watch it no matter what part of the movie you you catch it on, you oh, have to watch wow. it till the end. Okay, thank you. So, I think, using that movie as context, I think they misrepresent what the Ark is, right, in that movie, right? We think, it's got all this magic juju inside, it's the box of juju, it opens it up, you open it up, melts Nazis, all good things, right? But, going back to what RJ said, um, traditionally, the Ark of the Covenant was the, the seat of the shekinah, right? And what was the shekinah? It was the physical manifestation, not not symbolic, not allegorical. It was God here on this the literal us, dwelling place know,
0: of God. Mm-hmm.
2: Taking, Let's take it forward in a in a Christian context. You know, Jesus incarnated as man. Shekinah, same thing. God is actually here. You can touch it. You probably get burned or get melted. You know, that's hurt. why they used to tie a rope around the high priest, right? In case he died and was struck dead, they could yank him out and Get a new guy in there, um, like a cable but, toe, but going yeah. back to, like a cable toe. Mm, so much symbolism tonight. But um, let's go back to what RJ said. Though is is I, I kind of like the the Keter analogy with the pineal gland for the reason that I guess RJ disagrees with it because I do think that if we're going to look at the, the the tree of the Sephiroth and you know put it over the three pillars that end up making. You know the temple of man right the two pillars and then we're in the middle that's the temple of man um that doorway to me is keter and so i guess that doorway would be the pineal gland right where we're, where the ancients believed right. was where your spirit resided right they thought it resided in the pineal gland and you know manly p hall alludes to that throughout all the different mystery schools you know they all allude to it in some way going all the way back to egypt so So there you circle go. gets the square circle gets the square. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. All right. Well, he says more about it. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. Yep. Heck yeah. Okay. So we're going to read again. So in another section of secret teachings, he writes, operative masonry in the fullest meaning of that term signifies the process by which the eye of Horus is opened. What does that look like? Um, He's noted that in some of the papyri illustrating the entrance of the souls of the dead into the judgment hall of Osiris, the deceased person has a pine cone attached to the crown of his head. The Greek mystics also carried a symbolic staff, the upper end being in the form of a pine cone, which was called the thyrsus of Bacchus. In the human brain, there is a tiny gland called the pineal body, which is the sacred eye of the ancients and corresponds to the third eye. Now, mind you, this is in the 1920s. Little is known concerning the function of the pineal gland. Nothing's changed. Which Descartes suggested might be the abode of the spirit of man. As its name signifies, the pineal gland is the sacred pine cone in man. The eye single, which cannot be opened until Hiram, the spirit fire, is raised through the sacred seals. Expand on that, go. I too
0: found some Thersis imagery, right? So, boom. This is the um, the staff of uh, Dionysus, actually, um, and and actually, which is interesting. In in the, this Greek context, it's much more of a fertility symbol than a, an enlightenment symbol, right? So when you so let's let's go down this this pine cone symbolism rabbit hole for a second. Um, you see it come up in lots of different ways, right? So you see it um, as let's pull this thread. As far as the as far as the thyrsus goes, it's it's definitely a symbol of fertility and uh, almost almost a symbol of hedonism, right? Uh, I'll just live for the moment and and let's let's um, you know drink lots of wine and make lots of love and get down the night. And so that's you know that's a common that's a common uh, usage in, in especially in the, the Greek uh, hedonistic um, Epicurean kind of uh, motif. And then uh, then you also have it from you see it show up in other enlightenment things. Yeah, I actually saw that as well. There's a fountain of the pine cone the one, there.
2: That that's the one in the Vatican, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you also see it as a symbol of enlightenment. Again, you saw it, uh, Joe was saying how it, uh, uh, pine cones get attached to the, the, the forehead uh, of the deceased, right? It's, uh, it's right there, that third eye. Um, it, it, there's a definite linkage between the pine cone, pineal gland, and, and the third eye, the awakening, uh, throughout different, different mystery schools as well and um as a as
1: a pine cone it's really kind of cool though mm-hmm. as a fountain i mean right because thinking about yeah the secretion of the right. waters and it's like pouring over i wonder you know uh, can you pull that image up one more time we take a look at uh the yeah the two birds Which the found uh, the uh, the, fountain. The, the, yep. the fountain uh stand the by uh, I think there are there are two birds on either side of the fountain, and I wonder. So two peacocks, and That's, peacocks it looks like, yeah. have tails that have many eyes. Ooh. Ooh. And so, what is the peacock? I wonder. You know, in terms of antiquity, uh, in terms of perhaps Grecian, you know, in the in the in the Greek. In the Greek realm, everything has like a symbol, right? Like if you saw a raven in the woods, it's not just a raven in the woods. Maybe it's death or, you know, if a bird is pecking on the window, we still see pagan iconography today in in a lot of these things. um, Like if you saw a bird pecking on your window, right? That's a symbol of death or things like that. So I wonder in the day... I mean i don't know so maybe it goes nowhere maybe it goes somewhere maybe it, you know that'll be something interesting i'll have to look up after the show but now i'm really curious
0: yeah just a, a cursory uh search really shows up that um yeah, if you're talking um like native american the, the eyes and the, the dreams and the dream catching kind of comes into that but in a western uh context um it does represent um uh, rejuvenation royalty respect honor and you guessed it fertility so we actually have ding 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 when in doubt default to fertility right so you have your three very fertile uh, statues right there in that 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 picture right there in vatican city so i find it from a you know from that that context i think it's really fascinating how pagan i know
2: right Oh. Oh. oh my goodness so we've got one more little blurb from Manly P. Hall, which RJ hates. And we'll talk about that when I see him next week. Um, yeah, last one. And I think, I think Robert's going to like this. So, so brother Manly says, as light bears witness to life, which is its source, so the mind bears witness of the spirit and activity in a still lower plane bears witness of intelligence. Thus the mind bears witness of the heart while the generative system, in turn, bears witness of the mind. Accordingly, the spiritual nature is most commonly symbolized by the heart, the intellectual power by the opened eye, symbolizing the pineal gland, or the eye of Cyclops, which is the two-faced Janus of the pagan mysteries, and the generative system by a flower, a staff, a cup, or a hand. That's like a thousand years of symbolism in one
0: sentence. What? Yeah. Holy, that, that's dense.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, even even within that,
1: it talks about the generative, uh, and that is synonymous with you know, procreation and, and those kinds of things. But uh, I also like it too because if you kind of cut through the uh, airy, poetic, be uh, flowery, soft, flowery language. Um, I, I love Manly P. Hall. Don't yeah? We're good. We're on good terms with with MPH. But um, what I think is interesting is this uh, this thing that he's saying is almost like you witness it, you process it. It like makes real. It's the generative, like it's uh, actualized. So it's a manifestation yeah. organ, right? Mm-hmm very cool, which is very, uh, I don't want to say new age, but I'll say it cause I'm pretty new agey. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, in the idea of what's happening today, when we look at, uh, uh, the new age movement and its ability to, well, what it started to do, which was appropriate quantum theory and in actuality, uh, Quantum theory can't be appropriated, right? That's a theory, and it's a science, which is a description of of something. So, science as a description is exactly describing what Manley P. Hall is describing, only you know in a scientific kind of quantum way. Uh, it, it's a it's a clear case, in my opinion, of where our minds, the mature mind, is catching up to what we used to think was fantasy, perhaps.
2: I mean, that's literally, I mean, we can do a whole show on that. That's, I mean, that's all of human evolution, right? Like stuff that 5,000 years ago was magic. um, You know, we call that everyday living now, you know what I mean? So I think that there's, there's, you got that upper story and that lower story, right? And they're going to start to converge at some point and awesome things are going to happen. Champagne will flow. Everyone will kumbaya. You know the world will be awesome pizza everywhere just good things happen huh. all around that would be awesome i'm all for that indeed indeed
0: so um another thing that i was just just kind of thinking about as we were talking about the the opening right the um the generative properties of you know like the pine cone pineal gland right the symbolism attached there um as not just being a reproductive uh symbol but also like um, seeding ideas, seeding new new life, new spiritual life, right? Um, that kind of awakening, which again brings me back back to to DMT and how you know. I guess really the, the final question really that I have for for all of you is like, what do you think it it really is? What do you think, uh, based off of all the research you've done so far? Like, what do you think um, the purpose and function and you know what's behind the veil uh, for for this, this pineal gland and how it relates to our, our cosmic awakening. But uh, but I'll, I'll kind of start things off. I usually go last, but I'm going to start things off because I know, right? It's, just, it's so weird. How's this going to work? Um, you just don't want to go after RJ. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, this guy's been on a roll tonight, so I'm going to...
2: Always takes the good answers. I'll yes. go to
0: RJ, and then I'll, I'll end with you, Joe, because, you know, why not? <laughs> uh,
2: so, <laughs>
0: boo. But, you know, if you... If there's a correlation um, between that we have yet to discover between the pineal gland and DMT and then the associations that come with that, I don't think we we've not yet had the ability to to advance modern science to to really find that out because DMT at least here in the United States is still listed as a Schedule One drug, and so which is so strange, right? Because um, the definition of a Schedule One controlled substance is that uh, it basically aligns with that it. It, it has a high potential for abuse, that's arguable, um, the drug has no currently accepted medical use and treatment in the United States. Well, you're reading more and more stories every day about how DMT is helping to treat uh, especially soldiers with PTSD. Um, it's to help, help solve these anxiety and these, these, uh, post-traumatic stress disorders in, in a variety of, of people. So it has medical use today. It just has to be done, uh, very hush hush behind the scenes. Um, and that, let's see, there's a lack of accepted safety for use of the drug under medical supervision. And, and again, you hear stories about, uh, people going to shamans for ayahuasca and how. You know how repeatable how safe it is because they've they've done this before and it's under you usually do this under the care and advisement of some sort of leader right so it it really doesn't apply to, to all three of those rules under what makes a drug a schedule One drug and so that i think is restricting the the ability to do actual scientific research on this and treat it seriously right so because you got you got this all this good work by um Dr. Rick Strassman, but then you really you don't have a lot more scientific research done beyond that. Um, so I think that we don't know what we don't know, because we haven't been given the opportunity to freely, you know, um, test it, experiment really, really apply the scientific method to it. Um, and, and really just see what more it could do. And I think you'll find a lot more connections between um, the, the limited research that that's been done scientifically and biologically to, again, all of the other um, non-tangibles, right? Because you can't, you really can't measure like, you know, how enlightened are you? How spiritual are you, right? Those those things don't have a scientific unit of measurement, Um, but we can recreate these conditions uh, if given access to that. And I think there's a lot more um, study that, that can and should be done to try to find the linkage between all these things we talked about pine cones and um dmc and all that
2: so so what you're saying is we're gonna next week we're gonna be live from brazil where there are no uh restrictions um we'll be on the beach and we'll be talking about dmt and first person usage oh hosted man. by john Ruhr
0: one day how about that huh <laughs> that uh that's, that's certainly on my bucket list for sure somewhere Awesome. Let's let's head, let's head over to RJ to see what he thinks.
1: Rephrase the question. Like
0: I What do you think <laughs> is, what do you, what do you? How do you think this is all related? How, what do you really think the pineal gland is, in your own in your own opinion, in your own research? Yeah,
1: I certainly think that all of the body's functions and organs are a part of a machine no different than a computer and a sort of, um, Whatever parts that you think it may be, because I don't know for sure. I mean, as we suspect the brain. Before before the brain, they thought, you know, uh, consciousness or whatever what came through the liver. Uh, and then it moved around to the heart, right? And then finally through to the brain. So if we look at the brain as maybe like the central processing unit or or maybe not even the processing unit. Maybe it's like the... It's just a... It's, it's, it's the string between the two cans. There's, there's something that uh, your body as a machine um, has. It's a perfect machine to communicate and to experience reality. But at the same time, it has to be able to uh, uh, process the reality and also somehow I mean, physics says manifest the reality as well. The old question would be, uh, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? And the answer might be no, uh, because if we don't perceive it, it doesn't exist. Um, However, you know, of course, there are animals and other things that might bear witness. So there's all these questions. But in the idea of the pineal gland is, is something that might be an integral part of why the uh, consciousness is able to reside or get locked into, per se, a physical form uh, for a length of period that is a lifetime to gather whatever kind of experiences before you transition out. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's what the pineal gland really is and why it's so venerated. Uh, the ideas of the Egyptians, like doing their kinds of... Um, dissection or whatever. I don't know that I totally believe Egyptians like were looking at anatomy that way. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they were, but based on what I've read, I just don't think they might not have had it together at that point for that specific uh, operation. Um, but certainly throughout history, it's venerated as something. Um And Renee said it, uh, there's the image I was referring to earlier, 1300s, the base of the ear, right off to the side of the ear, there is this worm that they consider uh, the worm that guards the way. Um, And it's mystical. It's something, obviously, that we just don't quite understand yet, but also so is life, right? Where I think... uh, this is. We'll learn more about it as we move along, and as we move along, the, the receding pocket of magic uh, turns into uh, still magic. Yet now we kind of understand how it works and how best to utilize it. And certainly, um, I believe that uh, mindful techniques, whether that's med- meditations and diet and all of these things, really do affect uh, the biological machine. Your your physical. Mushy mech that you live in, uh, I, I th- so I think it, I think it's all connected. You know, I, I think the pineal gland probably is a legit conduit somehow to a higher consciousness, the higher self, maybe. Um, and when it calcifies, maybe that's what
0: locks us in. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can make a movie about it. Probably, you got Joe all excited there.
2: He literally ends with what I was going to say, so now I have nothing. To is say. a
0: movie? Is a movie?
2: No, the whole calcification thing. Oh, let's talk about it
1: because no. it's legit. We know it. more. it's Fine. brain sand. More,
2: brain sand. Fine. Brain okay, sand. brain sand. Brain sand. Yes. No. What I was gonna say was, um, I, I think that uh, again, we we've as, as funny as it sounds to some people, the more we start to look at history and and prehistory. Mm-hmm. Um, we start to notice that people back then did have a better sense of of us as, as human beings than we do today. Yeah, we understand biology and we understand chemistry and we understand physics, but there was a deeper understanding of certain things. As, as we have become more industrialized and as we become more technologically dependent, we kind of lose that, right? And that's where I think people like me and robert and jason and john where we start to kind of converge together is because holy crap there's some part of us that's missing and we think we know how to find it and if we do it together we can find it even better right and i think that's that's a good analogy for the for the pineal gland right because i think it's something that's misunderstood to this day right or people don't fully understand it we do know that it's more active as we're younger Um, and it's very, very active as we're growing up and then it starts to slow down and in some people it calcifies. So I think it's that for me, you know, I look at it as, as allegorically a portal to, to, you know, accessing those, those deeper states of consciousness, like Robert said. Um, and when we give up or we stop trying to do that, or we don't care anymore, that's when it starts to stop working and starts to dry up and turn into brain sand. But I think that exactly as, as Robert had said, I knew you were going to do this to me. Um, (laughs) We, (laughs) we, you know, if, if we do put some intention behind it, we can start to access some of these, these really beautiful parts that that make us human and that make us different um, and make us notice creation and, and stand in awe of it and stand in wonder of it and, and, you know, differentiate ourselves from, you know, my dog who's sleeping on the couch or, you know, um, you know, your pet snake, um, we, we, we sit and wonder. And, and I think probably the pineal gland has something to do with it and it allows us to have the capability to access it. And I think it's just a choice that we make to, to go down that road or, or to just, Live in the doldrums of life and and work day in and day out and you know get a paycheck every couple of weeks and just stop wondering. So, don't mm-hmm. calcify your pineal glands and keep being awesome and keep wondering.
0: It's it's not as catchy as a catchphrase as shocking correlations, but I'll allow it.
2: It's not. We'll we'll come up with some better ones for the yes, bingo board. this. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome. yeah this was that was awesome joe i think you put a much finer point on it than i did so thanks
0: good stuff good stuff well yes i know we could we could chat about this all night but unfortunately the time has come so i want to thank you all very much for watching see you next week and keep searching for more life have a good night
1: Wow. That's it. you okay,